Hey guys, so before I go into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to make an announcement. So if you are new to the podcast or if you've been listening to the beginning, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. But I just want to make a special announcement that my first ever book is going to be coming out on the 3rd of December 2021. And The title of the book is The No-Nonsense Approach to Female Fat Loss and this is something that has been brewing for quite a while and it's something that I'm very, very passionate about and inside the book you'll be kind of looking at how to understand your menstrual cycle, how to understand your cravings, when to push your training, when to ease off your training, how to train and eat during your pregnancy and train around it, PCOS, how to understand endometriosis, amenorrhea, which is lack of a cycle. The pill is beneficial. What type of pill is more beneficial? Does it does it impact your sex drive? We talk about perimenopause and menopause, and we talk about thyroid, and there's many other topics that we talk about. So it's fairly in depth. It's going through every single stage uh, that a woman can go through, and it's fairly in depth. A lot of research, a lot of effort's been put into it. So I'm super super excited to announce that the book is available for pre-order through the link in the episode notes and it will be available through the link in my bio on Instagram at Shane Walsh Fitness or if you want to head over to shanewalshfitness.com forward slash pre-order the book and you can get all the details there. It will be available on Amazon from the 3rd of December as well which I'm super super excited for so I hope you guys enjoy the episode, hope you guys enjoy the book. Any questions on the book let me know but I'm super super excited and hope you guys get a copy hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so today's episode is very very useful if you are a parent an up-and-coming parent a mom a business owner doesn't matter who it is but today's episode is with diana keller so diana is an online coach based down in cork and diana's gone from the world of struggling with the square scales and how she feels and how she her body works for her and moving away from the oil dieting to going to second place in the world in the world of competing on stage as a bodybuilder and then everything changed with her with the birth of her amazing daughter and now she has launched an amazing new brand called db fit apparel and there's an amazing discount on in the link in the bio if you're looking for a deal for black friday as well so if you're looking for that or you're looking for christmas presents and stuff definitely get in touch with those and the episode today is this tips on how to kind of make more time for yourself as a parent and it's about not beating yourself up it's about kind of playing that a little bit more um looking at kind of like the the person you're seeing in the gym or the other people you're seeing with your friends stuff they aren't your competition and it's about appreciating what you have there's also some postpartum tips which some of these are incredible and the way that Diana phrases it is amazing. It's a very, 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 very beautiful sentiment. And then we talk about kind of moving away from the scales once and for all. There's so many other tips that we talk about, but they're the main things. So if you guys are interested in looking at the leggings, they are incredible. They're incredibly comfortable. And not from my own experience, but they are meant to be very, very comfortable and they're, they're, they're reasonably priced as well and they're of amazing quality so if you're looking for a pair of leggings definitely get in touch and have a use the code on the bio so i hope you guys enjoy the episode with diana how are we diana hi shane how are things i'm very good so i know i gave you a little bit of a brief intro like i do to all the guests and stuff all fair but i'm gonna let you talk about this is the most awkward question for most people is talk 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 to us about kind of how you kind of got into the whole fitness training and then also how you got into the kind of like 
the launch of the, cl- the clothing brand that you launched over the lockdown, which is which is brave. <laughs> Thank you. So my journey started for me back in Australia in 2012. So. I was never like overweight or anything like that. I was just more so like unhappy with my shape and my body image because obviously living in Australia, beaches, bikinis, girls and men in just amazing shape. So I decided to join like a local gym and I just started with spinning classes and PT and I literally fell in love with the weight section. So kind of stopped doing all the spinning and cardio um, aspect of things and then I kind of went like full, like full throttle into weight training and instantly fell in love and then when I moved home in 2013 I set myself um, a little goal of doing a fitness shoot and I actually was one of the very first females um, within Cork to do like my first fitness shoot and it went really really well and then kind of from there um, I decided because I like enjoy training so much and the nutrition side of things I decided to do um, a PT course so I did my PT course qualified as a personal trainer and then eventually ventured into competing and I've done 13 bodybuilding shows. <laughs> so I did 13 back to back in the space of two and a half years. It was mental, as you can imagine. Um, my highest achievement with competing was I was placed second in the world in 2016. So I was pretty happy with that, even though it was so far from first. Um, but I was really, really happy with it. Then um, I've worked in gyms and now I'm kind of full-time on online, online coaching. So female fitness, um, we do challenges in that. We run about eight challenges a year. And last year during lockdown, I ventured into my own clothing line. So it was a goal of mine, a kind of like a long-term five-year goal um, that kind of happened really, really quickly. So we launched DB, um, so DB Fit Apparel last November um, and it's been going really, really well. You're a brave woman a brand a clothing brand during lockdown but like as we were talking off air like you've got a reorder coming in and it seems to be going amazingly well which is a credit to yourself but like you're also a mom uh you've got your amazing daughter and i know people will be listening to this and kind of like well she's done xyz where is time where does she make time for anything else and for her own self like what are your kind of like how do you book do you book in time or is it kind of like regimented or what what's the what are the tips and tools that you kind of recommend to people because i'm sure you get asked this question so many times like short answer i don't really make enough time for myself <laughs> being a mom and running two businesses as well but like monday to friday i'm constantly on the clock um i've really really kind of prioritized my own training in the last kind of seven weeks i've gone back to my own coach so that hour and a half like four days a week is my time really really important to me because training is my therapy just to clear the head in that um when my little girl goes down in the evening as well a guilty pleasure of mine is home and away <laughs> is absolutely it's to learn i'm obsessed even when i was living in australia i was i'm just so obsessed with home and away um i'll probably get some slagging for even saying that but <laughs> um about i like i'll give myself like two hours in the evening so she might go down to bed about nine o'clock but like i'm not messing from when i wake up in the morning like we could be up at seven till nine I'm on the clock and if it's a day where I'm training I have that hour and a half because I train four days a week um but in the evenings I try to shut off but like you know yourself it's really really hard to shut off from work because obviously I've on like the online coaching um the whatsapp group chat is constantly hopping and then obviously the online clothing store like all the orders will come through the phone or if there's like a query it's very hard to shut off but I am trying so for the last seven weeks I've made sure that I even get an hour and a half 
four days a week with training and then maybe an hour in the evening <laughs> watching home and away jesus home and away for an hour i don't know <laughs> don't know if that's freedom or <laughs> no but i think like, i know it's the hardest part for most people and most parents is <laughs> finding that kind of you time in there mm-hmm. i think when they don't necessarily get it they kind of like they almost beat themselves up for like, well, I'm a failure now. It's kind of like, no, you're not. You just have different priorities, but it's also saying to yourself, like it's you're, you're, you need to have something in there for you, whether that's kind of just walking, going for a coffee with a mate or whatever it may be. And you say that you kind of, you struggle to turn off. Like what do you have tools that you use or are you just like, right, just gone at this time. And then, or do you write shit out and kind of like make to-do lists like the rest of us? I do write down my to-do list, but I never really get them all ticked off, to be honest about it. Um, I used to like use downtime on my phone, which I thought was really, really good. So like after say 8pm, I'd shut off, but like, it's just like, it's probably just with the two businesses. It's so hard to shut off. And like, I even tell my girls that like come like 5pm and 5pm in the evenings, like I wouldn't be on the group chat much, but I'm always on it. Like if something pops up on the phone, I'm going to answer straight away to them. Um, you need to get a set. Do you have, is that a work phone or is it your personal phone? I have two. All right. Yeah. Because I, I the, the biggest change for me was getting the, the, the separate work phone yeah. and I can't ring out. It's like a credit phone for like 50 quid. Yeah. And I can't ring out. Yeah. So I had WhatsApp on my personal phone, but now I've got like the two phones. So I've got like my personal WhatsApp for like family and friends and then the WhatsApp for the work phone. And I've only done that in the last week and it's so much better because I can just leave the work phone at home. Um, But it's tough. It's so tough to shut off. But I'm definitely trying. Like I was away there um, over the weekend. For the long weekend, I went over to Tenerife and like I'm not messing. It was like the most chilled and relaxed holiday I've ever had. Like, I like, like most of my friends when I go out, like I, I love to like enjoy myself. We have a few drinks, we have loads of fun, but like, that's not what the holiday was about. It was literally like, I shut off. I wasn't even getting up out of bed till about one o'clock in the day. People were like, did you get much sun? I was like, no, not really, to be honest about it, because I was just so chilled out in bed and I didn't have to be anywhere. I was just really enjoying it. Um, and now that I'm home, I definitely want to make more time for myself, even if it's at the weekend, like for an hour or two, just do something I enjoy. I think that's a man to credit yourself for kind of seeing that now. And it's kind of interesting, like with the holiday and stuff like that, you kind of realize I actually just want to chill. It's not about going out in the pace or whatever. Maybe obviously there was a few drinks, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like it was, it was a different style of holiday that potentially you've kind of been normally used to. You mentioned in uh, one of your posts, kind of, I think it was at the beginning of September, I think it was in relation to I've been there too. And I think that kind of post, I think when I was reading it, I was kind of like, this is so many people, but also so many women that kind of the, the messages that I get on a daily basis or the, the, the voice notes that I get on a daily basis from clients. Can you kind of talk about a little bit more about kind of like that post and what you meant by it? Like me saying, I've been there too, like unhappy in your body, um, being overweight. So it takes me back to bodybuilding I did the 13 shows back to back and I decided to take a step away from stage in 2017 um I had a lot going on in my personal life and I went away on a holiday to Australia and just decided that I was going to move over there so I moved over there and endless parting loads of cocktails loads of food I'd actually broken two little bones in my foot and I couldn't train so it literally just led to 
um, me being in the worst shape of my life. So I was like, and I hate, I hate using numbers on the scales because like I really try and um, tell my girls to stay away from the scales. But like, just to give you an idea, like I was 86 kilos. Um, I'm now like 62. So um, worst shape today. And it was actually before I even fell pregnant. So like I was 86 kilos before I fell pregnant. And I was like, when I look back at the photo, I was so miserable. I was so sad. But like, I just kept like, you know, eating like really, really bad, partying. And then I fell pregnant and I'm not messing like pregnancy. Like, I don't want to say saved me, like, because, you know, it's probably like a massive thing to say. But like, it definitely saved me in terms of like mentality um, and like body image and what I and what I saw on my relationship towards my body and food and that. So got pregnant and um I went up to about 89 kilos um full term so I actually lost weight in my first trimester because I was really really sick oh my god the nausea and exhaustion is literally next level <laughs> they do not warn you about it like um and they say it's morning sickness it's all day so I lost a bit of weight in my first trimester and then full term I was about 89 um but honestly it wasn't until like I fell pregnant and obviously grew my little girl and delivered her safely into the world that I, like, I found this newfound love and appreciation for the female body. Um, and then I was just like a little bit more kinder to myself, like on my postpartum journey. Um, and like people, what like what I really kind of want people to understand is like my little girl is nearly three and like my postpartum journey wasn't like six months. I'm still on my postpartum journey. Like, but like I've been that girl, like where I'm in the worst possible shape of my life. I've been miserable but like falling pregnant was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Obviously, I've got a beautiful little girl, but it really, really helped me with my body image and my relationship with my body, my relationship with food. Um, and now it's kind of brought, brought me to here because all I ever knew when I was competing was literally strict diet and binge. That's all I knew. Like I could be dieting strictly for like 16 weeks and then I might have like 10 weeks of an off season. I'd blow up the scales. I'd put up about 15 kilos like um of just like terrible, terrible eating, like, because you probably know yourself, like if you've chatted to competitors and stuff like that, like the diet is, it's no joke. Like it's, and it's hours of cardio and it's training and it's low calorie. Um, and like, you're deprived from all the foods that you absolutely like love and enjoy. So after I had her, then I just kind of eased myself like back into things. Um, I took a very slow and I just like made good food choices, but I was just like, I can eat a chocolate bar now every single day. And I'm still losing weight. Whereas before, if I came off stage, it wouldn't be one chocolate bar. It would be, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, Shane. It would be about seven chocolate bars, like just scoffed one after the other. Whereas now I can eat chocolate, pasta, bread every single day and I'm losing weight. I think that is one of the biggest messages that like we try to get across is like, you are better off trying to have chocolate every single day or trying to have carbs every single day. Like, you're a much nicer person, one. <laughs> To everyone yeah. and you, uh, carbs and chocolate are probably a girl's best friend beside diamonds. Yes. Um, and it's just kind of like, as you said, you like you did kind of like the restrictive stuff for those 16 weeks and like you had a reason why you were doing it and that was your why. But then once you're kind of coming back off, you're kind of like the why had to change and you're kind of like, well, now it's just going to be like feast or famine mode and like loads of that kind of food was going to come back in. Do you miss that world at all? Do you know what? I had a bit of FOMO, to be honest, over the last few weeks, like seeing everybody competing again. 
And like, I even like text my coach and I was like, okay, we're going back on stage in two years because you have to be realistic. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on stage in six months. I wouldn't even get back on stage in a year because I haven't competed since 2017. Um, I was like, we're going back on stage in two years. And he was just like, no, let's just continue what we're doing. So like, I'm in a lean, like just gaining phase at the moment. Um, he's like, let's continue like with what we're doing. And then we'll cross that bridge, say in 12 months. But to be honest about it, I won't be competing again. (laughs) And you're content with that answer. I won't. I won't. Like, like my mom, like said to me, because I was living at home at the time. And she was just like, if you ever compete again, you're not living in this house. And you know what, it's, that's not the first time someone has said that, either off air or on air, about coming from a bodybuilding background. It's kind of like, it's those around you that have to pay for it too. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. your energy, your libido, your, you're just fucking shot. Yeah. And come here, like each their own. Like I admire everybody who does come yeah, Exactly, yeah. I've done it myself, but... It's so selfish. It literally is me, 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 me. What time am I eating? When's my next meal? When am I training? It's just like, and it takes you away from your family and your friends. It takes you just away from life because everything revolves around your lunchbox or the gym. Yeah, there's a lot more to life than a Tupperware. But like, honestly, now my glutes aren't as big as what they used to be. And I'd absolutely love my glutes to be like that. But like, I'm definitely like I've been in the best shape of my life on stage, but right now I'm like in the best shape of my life that I can maintain consistently every single day of the week. Like I was out, I was in Tenerife last weekend and I was out the, the previous two weekends as well. And like I can still maintain where I'm at. Like I'm actually, even though I'm in a gaining phase, I'm losing weight nearly every week. It's just, it's mental. But like and it was I'm with the same coach that would have coached me through shows and we were never there, even what my calories are at now. I was never that high ever. And I'm just like, how did we get here? Like, And you mentioned there about kind of like, uh, like I know you say you're kind of losing the weight now, even though you're trying to lean on a lean poker face. But how have you kind of changed your perspective on potentially moving the scales upwards? Because that's, that is tough mentally. I think, I think I've struggled with that myself. I always get to a point and I'm kind of like, mm, let's retreat. Yeah. I suppose I kind of just know, like, I know what I need to do and it's going to mean that the scales is going to go up. Um, now, it's been coming down the last few weeks, but like we are just very, very slowly because my coach is literally, he's meticulous, like very slowly increasing. Like it might only be like one week, 50 calorie increase. Another week, it might only be 200. We haven't really moved on calories in the last three weeks because we knew that there was going to be nights out yeah, yeah. And, and the holiday to Tenerife. Um but no, I'm okay with the scales going up because even the weight I'm at now, like that's what I competed at. And like I said, I kind of missed like how my glutes were before and stuff like that. And in order to grow, the scales will need to go up. But we're trying to like maintain a lean physique as much as we can while the scales going up and obviously putting on as much muscle as we can as well. But it's going to take away. Like, like people think, oh, you can put on muscle in like six months, you know yourself. I probably will be like this for like the next two years, you know? Yeah, it, it literally is so frustrating and it's so, I don't think people realise how long muscle actually takes. Like, oh, I'm definitely, as you said at the beginning, it's kind of like, well, if I did compete, which you've kind of said no, but it's like, oh, like, I mean, like your coach was like, no, no, this is realistic. It's going to take two years if yeah. you want to do it again. And I think that's that's an amazing relationship that you have with your coach and not many would have that. It's like, we'll just throw you up on stage or whatever. Maybe we'll throw you into a shoes. Like, that's going to serve no one and it's going to frustrate you. And I wish I had that at the time. Yeah. When I did my fitness photo shoot because 
I'm going to say something probably offensive and some fucking keyboard warrior is going to say something. I look like something off a trucker box. Yeah. So I know that feeling though. Do you know what I mean? You're on stage and you're like ripped to death, but like you do look like something off a trucker box. I genuinely, especially with the fake tan, I was like, really? Yeah. That was, I, I genuinely found the fake tan probably the most <laughs> nauseating thing. No. That's not. Oh my gosh. Coming back in the car with the fake tan on, having just shaved legs, everything. I was like, really? <laughs> is this what my life is right now? With no food. Yeah. We're um, going to get a few keyboard warriors. <laughs> I've played a few times and people would see people. I, I got keep. I, I I got a keyboard warrior for saying the word girl. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, really? I'm not allowed to say the word girl. <laughs> That's how bad the world has got. Um, you've but like got- we said, each to their own and we've done it. You've done a fitness photo shoot so we can talk about it and we do admire the people that do it. Oh, well, like, amazing. Yeah. I've had some amazing people. Like you've, like we've had Katie on who competed at a very very high level as well we've had Dan and, and Amanda on as well we've had loads of people on this but people who have had amazing experiences doing it and there's people who have had been doing it for the wrong reasons and they're talking about it so there's you can only ever have a discussion about something if you can discuss both sides to it and my this my choice is I don't want to go down that route ever again it, I suffer from body dysmorphia afterwards and I didn't really enjoy it the process in general I was that the soul had just left the eyes. And I just like, it's just like, it wasn't for me. I was doing it for the wrong reason. And that's generally why I, I try to kind of talk about with clients is like, you need to know what your actual why is as yeah. cheesy as it sounds. Because so many people are like, oh, if I go on a diet, it's going to solve my shit. I'm like, no, your shit's probably going to implode. Yeah. Um, people do it like just to like kind of get a bit of a status on, on social media and stuff like that. Um, or like I've just qualified as a PT, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go do a bodybuilding show because it's gonna bring me clients, and it's like no, it's that's like, not probably not the clients that you want to deal with anyway. No, <laughs> I've had people ask me to prep them, and I'm like no way. Like I use wreck my coach's head every single day of the week, so. especially when you're hungry. You're like <laughs> I'm just dreaming of donuts. Ice cream, ice cream was my thing. I was like I really wanted ice cream all the time. It's so funny that you mentioned Amanda because Amanda's trying to rope me and Katie back into competing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she's been DMing me. She's like, come on, because obviously, like, we're like, I'm not going to say we're old, but she's like, come on, we'll show all these young ones how it's done. <laughs> I, I, because th- 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 we're talking about all fairness so about kind of being parents and stuff, and like, yeah. Dan and Amanda, like, the empire that they have and two kids house being in lockdown with them and it, it it just shows it can be done but it's it's being that little bit more selfish with your time i think that's what a lot of people do struggle with and like kids are going to get sick like like god forbid like your your daughter gets like a cold or whatever maybe and it seems to be going rampant right now is like how do you kind of deal with that from yourself your your own perspective is it kind of like just down tools and like that's the focus and not beat yourself up or what is it actually happened. I, I started Casey um in Montessori in September and I swear to God, I'm just like, why do people even start their kids in school? Because they just keep getting sick. <laughs> but even last week, it's happened where she's been at home with me because she's had like a, like sniffles and that. And obviously with school, you have to, God bless her, like she's had about six COVID tests because of the school, but you have to test them so they can go back. But what I do is like, obviously I still have to work like, and like I, I teach three team lives a week from home so like I have to commit to that to my girls um but she I just have her on the lives with me like she's at home with me when she naps if I've emails to do I'll do them or I'll try and pep a pig for her 
you I literally just make it work like she joins in on the lives I've got like little pink dumbbells for her or she might sit on the bed or I just bribe her with chocolate to be quiet and be good for 40 minutes both are great options <laughs> but like you just have to get on with it and my all my clients are really good I'm like Casey's gonna be on the live she'll be running around they don't mind at all well, I, I think that's a, like a credit because you've you've kind of said that, that that may happen probably at the beginning of the live and kind of being open and that probably 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 endears you to a little bit more people's like right this is actually what natural life is like for someone who's in the fitness industry that has a kid it's kind of like well it's not all like rainbows and butterflies this is what real life is you have to deal with stuff as well you spoke they, pre- they appreciate it way more like when they see okay she's a real mom like her daughter's sick but she still has to work she still has to do the life for us and like they can re- that's one thing actually I now feel I'm extremely relatable. Like when I was competing, I didn't feel relatable to women because what I was doing was extreme. Like how many women were going to follow like, you know, an extreme bodybuilding plan and diet plan. Brian Keane said the same thing. He was like, I grew my following, but I wasn't getting any business Yeah, Yeah. because that wasn't who I was trying to talk to. People were just liking me because the way I looked. But as soon as I changed my message and I changed my perspective and did some inner work, that's when things clicked for me business-wise. Absolutely. Like, you can grow your following, but your audience could be completely wrong. And like, I even have a, I have, I even have um, a girl. She always reaches out to me, and she was just like, "I found you extremely intimidating when you use compete." We like bodybuilders probably are intimidating, and unfortunately, like when I was training, like I used to be hood up, headphones in, because like you are like so low and you're so hungry, and you just don't want to talk to anyone. You just want to get into the gym and get it done. She's like, "I found you really intimidating," but she said since you've had your little girl and you've stepped away from competing, you are like a different person and you're extremely relatable to. Um, and that hit home. Like it, it, it really did because even after I had Casey, like I actually said to myself, I was like, I actually feel so relatable now to women. Whereas before, yeah, what I was doing was great. And, and I did enjoy it. Like Anuka brought me loads of success and I'd great sponsorship and stuff like that. But like, not many of my clients, because I did have online clients at the time, were going to want to diet and train as as hard and as and as extreme as me. Yeah, and I think like you've kind of spoken about kind of competition and stuff like that. But you mentioned on one of your posts about she isn't your competition; she has proof that it can be done. And I think that's going to hit home for an awful lot of people. I think women in particular, because I, I I do think women can be a little bit tougher towards other women for lots of various different reasons but can you kind of talk about that post in a little bit more detail like it's definitely there's two there like you know yourself there's so much take going on at the moment like i look up to so many female coaches like there's sarah colby um sarah Caterson, rebecca o'rourke tracy colby like i look at these women like and i see how successful they are and like I'd never be like, I can't be as, as successful as them or I'm going to hate on them because they're doing so well. But like you, like the amount even I've learned from them, just from their posts, just from their stories, like I just think it's so important to support one another. And like as well, you never know what's going on in someone's life. All you know is like your little square on Instagram or their store or their, yeah, their stories. Like you don't know what goes on behind like closed doors. And I just think like we need to be just a little bit more kinder and gentle with other people because like at the end of the day the person behind instagram is a normal person you know i think a lot of people do forget that it's kind of like well particularly if they're looking at someone who's don't want to say about this like sarah moved over to spain sarah caddison moved over to spain weeks ago and she's like 
people are thinking that like she's had DMs and stuff. She's like, well, I people have been kind of saying, well, you you're away now, so like you mustn't be working. She's like, no, I'm doing probably like twelve hour days. People don't realize, and this isn't about a fucking pity party for someone in fitness industry. It's, that's not what it's about. But it's not as sexy as people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Like we, like we're, we're self-employed. Would we have? We're pro- like I would say the fitness. I'm talking for myself. Like it's full of a lot of it's, a lot of the p- people in the industry are like they can be very insecure. Yeah. Um. Definitely. And it's it's hard, and I've been there. But it's kind of like you need to know that like people behind the stories or the, whatever it is may not be that the, the person that actually is happening like they, they could be a little bit unhappy in kind of like when they're not on their stories and i think people forget about this like oh this is definitely what the lifestyle i want to be it's not as sexy as people think no and like people think oh i'm going to become an online coach and i'm going to make loads of money and i'm going to move abroad and it's just like it's not a nine to five job at all. Like my little girl go, goes down to bed some nights at nine o'clock and then I'm back on the laptop. Um, there's no shutting off from it at all. Like, but like just going back to like what you said about like other women being your competition. I also feel there's just room for everyone. And, and like, I do feel as well that everyone's trying to like, it's like a race to the top and they're trying to get on top of like one another. And like, there's just no need for it. Like, I just feel there is room for everybody within the fitness industry. Um, and like, I would rather support another, definitely another female coach or a male coach. Um, but obviously it's all female coaching. I do. I'd, I'd rather support them than be negative and like bring them down. Takes more, takes more effort to be an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I think a lot of people are afraid that like, well, there aren't enough clients to go around. Like there's over, there is, what, over there's 7 billion people in the world and probably not that many online coaches. There probably is about 7 billion online coaches at this stage. <laughs> um but it, like it, it is that kind of like insecurity element of like when's the next client going to come in all that kind of stuff and then we've all that, had that battle internally but as you said like the likes of sarah the likes of uh, tracy the likes of rebecca the likes of uh, sarah catterson and stuff like they have done the donkey work in the background they, they push themselves to the limb in the background they're pushing themselves with their own training yeah. but people aren't receiving the errors the necessary put behind because they're only showing the highlight reel and that's probably where people are picking up is like, but well, this must be the truth. Yeah. But it's also like, well, we also believed at one stage the earth was flat. So that's not the truth. So like it's something has to change with that side of things. It's like, and now yeah. we're only getting 15 second highlights. Yeah. With TikTok or the likes of Reels, that Reels thing. I don't get it. Yeah. Like I've even had like a little bit of hate about like drinking bottles of Moe and stuff. And I'm just like, really? Yeah, because like a little bit of hate saying, oh, look at her out celebrating and drinking her bottles of Moe and like it's her, that like all her clients, you're paying for that like lavish lifestyle. I'm just like, I live in a small little two bedroom apartment. Like if you saw it, like, you know, it's funny, like what perception we give off on Instagram. And if I told you my dramas throughout the summer from like um, delayed deliveries, like for the clothing line, I had bought a new car and I had issues with my car. Like if people actually knew what was going on in the background, like they just see like a little highlight or a reel or like a post, but they're so quick to judge. And I'm just like, take a look in the mirror. Like, are you perfect? Like, you know, what, like, why can you point the finger at me? Because I'm drinking a bottle of wine. I hadn't been out with my friends. I'm not messing. 2020, February 2020 was my birthday and we only went out in September. We ha- I hadn't been out that long due to lockdown. And I was like, you know what? I'm treating the girls to a bottle of wine. So what, like? 
but yeah, I, 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 we're not here to have like a pity party or like well, poor us online coach or like that. But it's kind of like if you're not happy with what someone's doing on their socials, you don't need to follow that person. Don't feel the need. Don't feel the need to message us. Like that thing where I can't say the word girl. I was like, I've, I've, I was just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I just, I just, I, it, it still baffles me. Um, and I was like, the, the dickhead in me was like, I could easily react here and just go fucking off the lid. But I was yeah. like, there was, this is not going to, this is exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, but back to kind of the comparison thing with kind of, uh, especially when it's kind of like <laughs> someone's physique and how they're like kind of looking and kind of like, body composition and all that kind of stuff is like how do you talk yourself out of it yourself in relation to like comparing your own physique to others like it couldn't have been easy like especially when it's in the the bodybuilding background that you have you have had and also like your own training now it's kind of like do you do you kind of like edit your feed that much oh do i edit it yeah no like I'm kind of at a stage where I don't, I wouldn't compare my body to another girl's body. Now I do look at some bums and I'm like, oh my God, look at her glutes. But I think, I suppose it like, it'll just come back to like what I've been through in terms of going from extreme competing to pregnancy, to becoming a mom, to appreciating my body. Um, but like in terms of editing my feed, I would, I wouldn't edit, I wouldn't edit at all. Like I might literally make myself look a little bit browner and stuff like that, but um no and I know it's probably easy for me to say you know people like women probably listening going oh she doesn't compare herself to others because I know women would like look up to me and, and they'll compare their body to me but like my advice would be just like just work on yourself to become the best possible version of you um and like what you can do with your body in terms of training and nutrition but also don't take yourself away from life don't restrict yourself from your friends and your family in everyday life because you can like be your dream shape or your dream size and still enjoy your life. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're all like, we're all human. We're all humans. And like, we do compare ourselves to, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, um, but it's also kind of realizing why not compare yourself to the person you were like four weeks ago, eight weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, five years ago, and see how you've moved on and give yourself that credit. Because that's probably the bit that most people will want to do is give themselves the credit for what they want to do. Um, that like, yeah. especially when I and Sarah spoke about this on the episode, um, about kind of like it's a very Irish mentality of not giving yourself enough credit. Yeah, true. Because yeah. if you if you say it, it's kind of like, oh, she's getting too big for her boots. Yeah, or she's like up herself. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then, and it, it's 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 not a great <laughs> like I love being Irish and all that kind of stuff. But it's probably the negative thing about being Irish. Um, like when you say it that way, like even when I compare myself to like Diana on stage. The only thing I'm not messing, the only thing I miss is is my bum. And even though my bum is probably as flat as a pancake, I probably because I was so dieted, but I probably missed my off-season bum. But like it's so true. Like when I look back to that girl and now, like I was miserable. I might have looked amazing, but like I was so miserable in myself. And I'd go to the mirror, I don't know how many times a day, and I'd be pulling at my skin because like people I would in my head I'd expect people to look for me to have to look like that constantly and when you come off stage then you don't like whereas now I'm actually so happy in my body and in in my own skin but I still want to make improvements and that's why like I'm gone into like my my like my gaining phase because I want my bum back and stuff like that but where I'm at at the moment I am really happy there's leggings to enhance your bum anyway so it's not too bad (laughs) and you own that company that's (laughs) 
like that. I did, yeah, I like that. I like that little seed there. Um the you talk about kind of like the, the you get a lot of mess to require postpartum tips and stuff. Um can you kind of give the kind of the main ones? I know you kind of alluded to them a little bit at, the, at a few little a little while ago, but kind of like the main ones that you kind of like because you get a lot of questions and a lot of DMs on that side of things. And kind of what are the like what are the main ones that you kind of have talked yourself through, really? Like what I did when I had her was like, it's known as a newborn bubble and oh my God, it's, it's so amazing. Um, but like, I just like no pressure, like no pressure on myself whatsoever to like look a certain way, be a certain size, um, be a certain number on the scales. I literally like, I think for the first, like maybe 10 weeks of, of Casey being born, it was literally all about her. And when you become a mother anyway, like your first priority is your child always, no matter what. But I started just like, I started making good food choices. Um, I got out walking, walking. Oh my God. They say, and I was breastfeeding her as well. They say breastfeeding as well will age like um, your fat loss and that um, on your postpartum journey. I never really touch on that because like, I wouldn't want to pressure anybody into breastfeeding either. Like breastfeeding for no. the reasons. Oh, I'm going to breastfeed because it's going to make me skinny. Um, that's not why I breastfed. But I was, um, I used to be literally baiting the roads. I used to do six kilometers, maybe five days a week. Um, there's like a park in Balancholic in Cork. I used to do it in the regional park with her. I loved it. I was still spending time with her. I was getting out, like, you know, yourself, fresh air and even just a walk to clear the head. Because when you do become a new mom, it's just you and your baby. Like, there's no adult conversation at all. Um, and that is tough. Um, see, so yeah, I started with the walks and just good food choices. And then I think I started home workouts maybe when she was about 10 weeks old, just easing myself in like body weight, banded stuff. And then when I felt confident and ready again, I ventured back into the gym. Now I could go to the gym once a week or three times a week or three weeks could pass and I mightn't get there. So I literally just took it like day by day, week by week, just seeing like how I was feeling. Um, but like I said, she's nearly three. I'm still on my postpartum journey. Like people, and, and I actually only showed it last week. Like I kind of showed like say three months postpartum, six months postpartum and, and where I was at. Like, and, and now like people see me now and they're like, oh my God, um, you look amazing. Like, how did you do it? But like, I'm actually still on that postpartum journey. Like I'm still trying to improve myself like every single day. Then you've also, yeah, I, I, I love that idea of that you're still on that journey and you're probably still on a learning curve as well as as a mom as well um because i know we were talking off air about like the 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 naughty corner or whatever it was and all that kind of <laughs> stuff and the little tools and it's like i don't want to get angry but i'm gonna have to get a little bit tough but it's kind of like there isn't one day that's going to be the same and especially if they kind of get ill and unfortunately kids do get kind of ill and get sick and all the time and especially with what's going on now it can't be easy and like whoever's got whoever's done homeschooling for the last two years like hats off to you I don't know how you've done it but you've had to get on with it and that's generally what we have to do we generally have to do and uh, we've got out of COVID hopefully uh, well we've got out of the weird shit, shit, shit situation hopefully we can have a Christmas um, the other message the last question in relation to like the problem isn't your body the problem is what you think of yourself um, I think that I put something similar up the other day and kind of like it got a lot of like hit back because like bad. bad because in relation to like I kind of said you shouldn't diet if you are like having issues with food guilt and restriction all that kind of stuff 
or a diet's not going to solve your problem. Yeah. And it's kind of like the responses back were like, don't tell me what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm advising you. It's kind of like, like chill vibes. Like I'm telling you, I'm advising you what to do. Like, don't be at me. I'm just advising you what to do. You can take it or leave it. You can do what you want and continue to get down that path if you want, but something's going to give. Uh, can you talk, kind of talk about that post a little bit more? Like, I'm going to be so straight to the point. It's, it brings me always back to postpartum, but like, because that's like, that's where that post resonates for me. Yeah. Like, it really does. But like, the thing is, if you're not happy with your body, what are you doing to change it? Like, what are you doing to change like your shape or how you feel? Or like, you could be lethargic because your food choices are crap. So, it's Diana now just being so straight to the point. It's just like, if you're not happy, what are you going to do to change it? And but like for me, when I was postpartum, I never looked at my body. Like I'm destroyed in stretch marks, like kind of like on my inner thighs. Um, I have them kind of up the sides of me as well, even stretch marks on my boobs. And I never looked, looked at those and be like, oh, they're disgusting. Or I've loose skin. Like I, I might look lean, like I'm very tall. So my torso is long. Like, but when I, when I bend over, there's loose skin there. And I'll never look at it like as a flaw or like a negative because I have a beautiful daughter. Those stretch marks, those loose skins, it's there because I have a beautiful daughter. And like, it's one thing I'll always say as well, like for your postpartum journey, like you might be like miserable because you don't fit into your jeans or whatever, but like, just look down, look into your arms, like you're holding a beautiful little baby. So like, that's where I'll always be like, just think like the problem isn't your body. It's just how you're seeing it. So like, see it for all the good it's done for you. Like you can get up in the morning, you can walk around, you can go to work, you know, like your body functions normally, unless now you've got serious health issues, obviously. But like, then I'll kind of get just, I'll come down hard, even though I don't really like doing that, but it's, it's true. Like, you know, there's no BS about it. Like, what are you doing to change your body if you're not happy? Like, Yeah um no i agree like sometimes tough love is is needed um and i do think that like it, it's as long as someone hasn't got like postpartum depression or anything, that kind of stuff yeah. that, has, that caveat has to be put out there yeah um but it's also realizing that i always say this to kind of like the, the mom clients that i have is kind of like and if they're not unhappy with how they, they're looking and they kind of have like the stretch marks that you've spoken about it's kind of like well, you have your kids there in front of you. There are other women out there who can't have kids. Exactly. So you're you're giving out about something that is a special thing. And yes, it kind of it can be impacting how you perceive yourself, but it's also not the only thing about you that makes you you. It's not your identity as a mother. I think that's what kind of I've seen happen with parents is that they become become wrapped up as I am the mother. This is the only thing I can do. I can't be doing anything for me. Have you ever had that kind of like voice? Yeah, I, actually, I actually wrote it down. I literally wrote down what you said that like when you become a mom, it's like that's your new title and you're just a mom and that's all you are. But no, like you can be a mom, but you can still be you and do all the things you want to do in life, like dream career, anything like that, or like body shape, whatever way you want to look like. Being a mom doesn't mean your life is over. Probably <laughs> like, just starting. It's just a different chapter. Exactly. And it's, it is a huge adjustment. Like they always say going from like zero to one kid is, is even harder. Like going from like one to two is easy, but like, it's just an adjustment. But like, 
I wouldn't change her for the world. I wouldn't change my stretch marks for the world. Like the joy she brings me, like every morning she wakes up, she's like, morning, mommy. And she gives me kisses. And we just have our own little thing where we rub noses off each other. Like that is just worth so much more to me than a stretch mark or loose skin or being overweight after having her. I think that's an incredible bond that you have with your daughter. I do think it's important for people to say, like, if you are struggling with kind of like the postpartum, you're struggling with depression, because I do think an awful lot, especially with kind of lockdown, because yeah. I don't know, like support is difficult to get right now because there are, the, the mental health stuff is underfunded. And it's also coming from like a, a dad's point of view, like you haven't been able to go into the hospital to be able to be at the birth of your, yeah, your kids. And like, I don't understand why they're not open, but whatever um but like i think it's important to say like that you are more than a mother you're a person at, at, at behind it as well and i think you have to be able to even if it's like going for a coffee with a mate or going for a 20 minute walk just do something for you each day or as best you can not every day is going to go to plan like you spoke about there is like there was a couple of weeks or a few weeks that you didn't do anything but there was the consistency over time it was the kind of like small little actions small little steps making the adjustments no excuses making improvements that have got you to where you want to go and i know you're kind of you do struggle and i do struggle with kind of like the kind of the turning off from work and that's something that we both have to look at but you've you've shown to yourself that right i can create this little amazing bundle of joy Mm -hmm. i can have a career yeah. And but I can also be able to have some sort of balance. What happened? What does it mean? I'm going to coppers every single week. Probably don't want to go to coppers every single week anyway. After seeing the last thing. week. <laughs> um. But yeah, like, I think it's I think it's important. Like, if you were to give one new mum a piece of advice, what would it be, and why? Slow down, definitely. Like, because I just feel women and probably men, like everyone, we always are just like rushing and we're kind of wishing like life away. Like, I want to be a certain size or I can't wait for my holiday next year. So, definitely slow down. Just like take some time for you, even though like I find it very hard to do that. But enjoy it because literally, before you know it, like your little bundle of joy is like four months old or they're a two year old and they won't go into the corner for you or you put them in the corner and they're laughing at you. But like, be kinder to yourself, slow down, just appreciate, just literally appreciate what your body has done, done for you. Like you've grown, housed and delivered safely, like your little boy or little girl into the world. Um, Take it slow. Don't put any pressure on yourself either. Um, And just remember like postpartum, it's not like a six month thing. Like anybody who's had a child, even if they've had their child 20 years ago, they're still postpartum and nobody actually realizes that. It's not like, oh my God, I'm going to, and you know what I hate? I hate when they say, I I can't wait to get my old body back. It's like, you've the same body. You never lost your old body. It's better now anyway, because you've just created a human. But I actually hate that saying, like I get it a lot. I can't wait to have my old body back. And it's just like, your body hasn't gone anywhere. This is six inches between your two ears. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um where can people find out about your coaching and the clothing brand so um they can pop over to my instagram it's diana underscore kelleher or you can just pop on to dianakelleher.com so that's all like my online coaching challenges um and then in terms of the clothing line that's db fit apparel so just on instagram at db fit apparel or um www.dbfitapparel.com awesome. so coming very soon <laughs>
<laughs> guys if you want to get in touch with diana please do and if you want to have a look at the um the clothing brand and the, the, the leggings and stuff please do um they they are incredible i haven't worn them myself but uh and i, 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 I don't think i'll be getting a call for the modeling i think uh, katie has that i think katie has that nailed um so i'm not i'm not offering either <laughs> but i think it's, a, it's like if you guys want something to like for something for christmas and stuff and i think this episode's going out has gone out just black friday's on friday We'll be having a big Black Friday sale as well. So make sure to jump on the website. There you go. So yeah, Black Friday. So there will be stuff there. So guys, if you want leggings and stuff or you want presents and stuff for Christmas, get involved and uh, yeah, get, get, get on that. So Dana, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.